Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Saturday, June 17th edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. We are here, Sean Ross Sapp and I, to recap UFC Singapore, an event that Sean Ross Sapp said, hey, man, this one snuck up on us. This is a fantastic card. And to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, it did not disappoint. Yours truly was up at 6.30 a.m. this morning to catch up uh, to the first few fights that started at 4.30 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, I was able to catch up, uh, pretty much watch them all, all the way up until it got to the main card. So uh, very impressive as we got into that main card and a fantastic <clears throat> main event. We welcome in right now managing editor for Fightful, Sean Ross Sapp. Sean, what's going on, brother? This show was, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, it didn't disappoint. It was pretty good. Uh, I got through it in about, oh, two and a half hours, all said and done, which shows you maybe shorten these fight cards as, we, as we, we've beaten that dead horse and we've drained all the glue that we can out of it. So uh, the shows don't need to be that long, but I thought this was a, a pretty good card. And the main event played out exactly how we had anticipated. A lot of boos from the fans in attendance, uh, even on social media, people were sort of uh, giving out some negative vibes. It was a boring fight. It was boring. It was boring. It was boring. But if you've watched Holly Holm compete before, this is how she fights. She picks her shots. She's calm. She's methodical. Dan Hardy and, and, and Gooden were basically hinting at it. This is a very seasoned veteran who's going to stick to her game plan and wait for the opportunity to attack. Unfortunately for Betch Correa, she decided <laughs> to egg her on. She decided to give her the old, uh, or you want to call it the Nate Diaz, the double uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock, come, 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 yeah. come, come. And lo and behold, she got that high kick and it was lights out KO. Another highlight. There, I mean, highlight reel to say the least. A great finish. It'll be on the highlight reel. Um, there were some people on my social media, for example, saying, nah, it's irrelevant. Uh, it was a garbage fight. It's not a garbage fight. No, I disagree. I think that Correa is a garbage fighter. It took her four and a half. <laughs> it took her four and a half minutes to land one punch. And you would have thought that she cured cancer by the way that she acted. The smile in her yeah, face. Yeah. Yeah. Four and a half minutes to land one punch. I don't mind Holly's game plan as much as other people do. Like, there were a lot of people that that liked and appreciated Leota Machida's style. I didn't, 
because Lyoto Machida was about evasiveness, not necessarily angles and cutting people off. His was more about not getting hit than finding angles to hit and then not get hit. It's like the old demolition derby uh, game plan. A lot of people think you just run in there and just run in and hit cars, cars, cars. One of my best friends was like semi-pro at that, and he was like, no, you tap, then you run. You tap, reset, tap, reset. You you extend your stay, and Holly Holm basically is that. Before this fight, I had questioned if it would be lo- like sustained and embarrassing or quick and violent. It, it was somewhere in the middle. It was somewhere in the middle, yeah. Yeah, I I was tripping out when she came out to uh, Led Zeppelin's uh, Black Dog. I'm like, that is the perfect song for her to enter into an octagon. She's just got that thing nailed down. I thought it was fantastic. I'm a music guy. Uh, I'm staring at a degree that I have in recorded music production. So I've always loved music. I love the studio work. Obviously, I love broadcasting with yours truly uh, or with uh, Sean and everyone here at Fightful. Uh, I just thought, you know, Holly did a fantastic job on the fight. But I thought to myself, you know, there's something that I created a while ago. It's been taken by other sites. Uh, it's it's just the way it is in the game. Um, a long time ago, I created a uh, – there was a feature on my TV show called Three Stars. Uh, it's a Canadian thing, hockey thing. At the end of every hockey game, they always announce the three stars. I brought it over to MMA, uh, and I always would have three stars. And for the first time ever, I think, I'm putting a referee in my top three stars. Mark Goddard was absolutely on point, fantastic, when he just simply stopped the two ladies in the main event and said, hey, I respect your game plan. I respect your game plan. I get what you're trying to do, but we need some action here. Completely with him. Completely with him, yeah. As much as I appreciate Holly Holmes' footwork, and I adore it, I think it's some of the best footwork in MMA ever, you got to make stuff happen. It was too much of the Machida thing in this fight. Now, she wasn't getting hit, so there's that, but she wasn't unleashing that much offense herself. I mean, it was like, like maybe 20 strikes over two and a half rounds before the, that quick that quick finish. Well, not quick finish, that that abrupt finish. But uh, yeah, Betch Cohea is pretty meme-worthy. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I, God, I don't, I don't want to use the term weirdo because it's, it's not right to describe any human being. But she's yeah, awkward. Yeah. Everything about her you is, know, maybe, is just maybe it's a little weird. Maybe it's a little weird to tell a girl that she's overestimating herself, then pose for a selfie in inside the sauna like Betch Kohea did. Yeah, with her. With both of them in there. And, I was like, and um, Holm didn't want it. You can tell that she didn't want it. And I had a lot of people say, "Well, Holly Holm's been losing a lot lately." Well, she lost to Misha Tate in a fight that she was very close to winning. She lost to Shevchenko. That happens. Shevchenko was just really good. And she lost a fight that a lot of people thought she won in Durandamy. She is about two minutes away, had that Misha Tate fight going, went a little longer, from having a completely different career. Yes. Betch Kohea, on the other hand, face-planted into straight out of Compton by Ronda Rousey, lost to Raquel Pennington, went to a draw with Renault, got knocked out by home. Her one win is over Jessica I, who can't beat anybody. The one thing that ran through my mind after the fight, Sean, was the fact that, damn it, she's a bantamweight contender again. She's not a featherweight contender. Do you want her at 145 or at 135? I don't want 145 to exist, Joe. Despite the story that we had up, we had an exclusive story yesterday, Megan Anderson talking about uh, wanting that fight at UFC 214 against Chris Cyborg. 
I don't want there to be a division. If they want to let girls show up and like make special appearances, make it just make it a title division, whatever. I know that's weird to say, but there aren't enough girls. We've we've me and you broke this down throughout a series of pieces last year. There just aren't enough girls. If they want her to fight Chris Cyborg at 145 down the line, hell yeah, let her do it. Uh, but it, uh, by by all accounts, it looks like they're going to strip Jermaine Durand me of that title, which normally I would say no, no, no. But yeah, she deserves to be stripped of that championship now, talking about, well, I want to go to 135. Well, I don't want to fight Cyborg because of this, that. You know, I get I get those points. I get that, but you got to defend your title. And this isn't a situation where she's off doing $100 million super fights or doing champion versus champion fights or doing fights against Nate Diaz that will bring in record-breaking numbers. She's sitting on her ass. It makes no sense. So, yeah. It, yeah. It's, so I, I kind of understand what you're saying. I, I really do. Uh, I do think there is the availability um, – to have fights at 145 for many of these ladies. Uh, you know, I, I just, something about me, just, I, I really wish Cyborg can fight for the title. Uh, forget about everything that's happened outside of the octagon and, and whatever with the PDs and stuff like that. Uh, the bottom line is she's a fantastic fighter. Uh, I yes, would like for her to, to one day go down and say, hey, you know what? I was a UFC champion. I think, I don't know if deserve is the right word or, or the right thing. She is... A demolition. You mentioned demolition derby. She's a human demolition derby whenever she competes. Yes. She is absolutely a, a, a killer, a monster when she competes. I would like to see. Maybe I'm being biased, Sean, because I've known her. I've, you know, I've, I've spent you know whatever amount of time with her wherever Big Bear Vegas, uh, even in Japan. I don't have any ill will towards her, even though she's done bad things or she shouldn't have did the PEDs and stuff like that. And, you know, I guess people are, are happy that she punched out Magana. This <laughs> is another story altogether. Yeah. But I just, you know, there, I think there are options. I think if there's like, it's weird that you mentioned if you want to have these kind of super fights uh, at 145, make Cyborg the champion and your super fight Cyborg. The thing is, had, had she not been Chris Cyborg, I wonder how a lot of this stuff would look to people. If a fighter had failed a drug test, and then a fighter failed another drug test because they failed to get the retroactive TUE, and the fighter punched out somebody three weight classes below them, and the fighter said, oh, I'm going to drop down for this super fight. I'm going to do it. Allowed the UFC to pay them, pay for a nutritionist, then said, nah, I'm good. I wonder how different that would look if that were a different fighter. But... uh Ultimately, they've already started that division, so give Cyborg the damn fight. Whatever. Yeah, if you guys are tuned in right now, by all means, top right of your screen, live chat. We love hearing from you guys and girls. Uh, give us your thoughts uh, on a bunch of things there. I think they're already saying send – or are you guys saying send Korea to Bellator, or are you saying send Cyborg to Bellator and or Ryzen? I should find a way to screw it up. Who, Cyborg or Betch? Okay. Oh, Betch. Yeah, yeah. Just find a way to screw it up. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I just it's awkward, man. She's thought Dosanos was going to find a way to screw up his uh, welterweight debut with those knees to the head of a downed opponent that were not addressed very, very much at all. He should have had a point deducted. What's the opposite of matter? What's the opposite of three stars? Because that referee deserves it. Yeah, like, yeah. That I, was that was stupid. I don't get it, man. Uh, I don't, I don't S- get how you can was that. looking. 
Safadine was looking promising, like in the in the like opening minute or two. He was really aggressive in every aspect, getting the fight to the ground, standing the clinch. But Rafael Desanos fought back, and I think that that is the kind of performance that you want at 170 pounds for your first fight like that. You're facing a guy who has been to the mountaintop in some regard in the past. You're coming off of two straight losses. I think I and, and you went the distance with a legit welterweight. I think that that's a, a solid, solid uh welterweight debut for Rafael Desanos. When you look at Tarek Safadine, though, do, do, is it a guy that you look at and you think to yourself, just can't pull the trigger anymore? Yes, I do. And I, I attribute it to those injuries. He has never been the same since the Nate Marquardt fight. And the thing is, he's never been a finisher. He's never, ever, ever, like, since he, I don't want to say never, since he got to the levels of, like, Dream and Strike Force and the UFC, he's never been a finisher. I think he knocked out Nate Moore, like, seven years ago. Other than that, he doesn't have a finish since before then, since 09. So he's never been the type of guy who is who's going to put somebody out. But I just remember him dominating Nate Marquardt, just, like, piecing him up. We don't see that anymore. And even then, his UFC debut, they waited a year for it. That was a great fight, too, against Lim. Yeah. But he's just not he's just not that guy anymore. And it's crazy because he's only 30. So you wonder, like, man, did all those decisions catch up to him? That's something that you'll hear me talk about a lot is those cage miles. I think yeah, those may be caught up to him. Huge, man. Mileage is definitely huge. It happens. It doesn't just happen in the in the cage or in the ring. It happens in training. Some of these guys, you know, these do two, three times a day. They would train nonstop, rest, nonstop, rest. I think the bottom line is the human body can only take so much. Whether you're an elite athlete or not, uh, the, the human body can only take so much. And you wonder why these, you know, people are on PEDs. The human body can only take so much. There's so much pain you can take you can build a tolerance for pain it becomes very mental remember crew phil nurse telling me all the time it's pain it hurts but it's just mental you got to get over it you know we're talking about you know shin training and elbow training and stuff like that and checking kicks and taking the uh, the kicks to the <clears throat> to, to the other portion of your thigh when you're training muay thai uh in fights when you when a guy's shin is basically a baseball bat that's all mental it's all mental, but there's only so much the human body can take. And when you're a professional athlete, um, who's the kid I'm thinking about from uh, Alberta? Jordan Mean. Been fighting yeah. since he was so young, and it's still at such a young age, can no longer compete with guys his own age because his mileage, the amount of abuse, he's probably not abuse, but the amount of hard training and fighting he's done at such a young age eventually caught up to him while he sh- technically should be in his prime. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Now, this is going to be a recurring theme on this show. You think Tarek Safadine's done in the UFC. He's lost four or five, lost three in a row. He is not the type of guy that puts on exciting fights, but he is the type of guy that Bellator would love to add to that welterweight division. They would just love to do it. Yes, except that, well... To answer your question, I believe he is is done. His time with the UFC is likely done. He's probably going to get cut. Bellator would love to have him. But the guy I believe you said, and I'm not sure if this is not verbatim or a quote that you mentioned, but a guy that took his soul, Rory McDonald, is there. Does he really yeah. want to go and fight Rory again? Most fighters do. No. Well, yeah. there, there are plenty of options. Like MVP apparently isn't going to fight till next year. I don't know what the hell's up with that guy. But that's, that's a guy that could make – Tarek Safadine fight or embarrass him along the way and make a little bit of a name for from Even Paul Daly will make him fight. 
There's a lot of guys. That that division's really good. Michael Chandler told me uh, just two days ago, uh, we'll, we'll actually play the audio of that interview on Tuesday's Holy Smokes podcast. He told me he wants to fight at 170. Really? He said he maybe wants to defend that title and move up because he sees all these marquee names there. And Michael Chandler's no dummy man. He wants to fight at 170. Keep bringing. They're building one hell of a 170 pound division over there. And while Tarek Safadine doesn't necessarily get it done here, you throw him on the first second fight of a Bellator show. That helps a Bellator show a little bit. Interesting. Interesting. Chandler wants to move up because he's a small guy. He's big for 155, but he's probably yeah. small for 170. But like you said, there are Arlovsky some- heading there. Is Arlovsky heading there? Yeah. I think so. Andre Arlovsky. I mean, before we get to that fight or the, the analysis of that fight, let me ask you this. Uh, in your mixed martial arts training, have you ever done um, ground and pound uh, heavy bag drills with, with the timer? and the, and the Yeah. The, yeah? Uh, how often do you guys go? Two minutes, three minutes, or five? It depends. Um, if we have a guy who's training for like an amateur fight, we'll go three. Otherwise, if, if like somebody's not in a camp, we'll go five. But it's mainly a muscle memory thing if they're they're going three. That way they their body is conditioned for that round length. I remember I'm gonna go eight years ago, maybe. Eight years ago. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe ten years ago, the first time I actually had I got to experience uh, the ground and pound drill, where you're on top of a heavy bag mounted, and your coach basically has the little clicker, and it counts yeah. how many punches you throw in a specific period of time, and then he also calls out position changes. So you've got to go to mount, to knee on belly, to side control. You got to throw hammer fists, elbows, and stuff like that. And at the end of the drill, he just looked at me. He said, "You know, you're a broadcaster." Imagine if you were actually, quote unquote, in fighting shape, because these are really good numbers. I cannot express to you or to anyone watching or listening right now the amount of fatigue that I was un- that I was in at the end of that drill. And it's a dominant position. It's a dominant drill. It's designed to show you to beat your opponent down until the referee stops. And if the referee doesn't stop, you keep going. And then watching this co-main event between Tuburo and Arlovsky in that first round easily could have made it could have been a 10-8 round for Tuburo who pounded the crap out of Arlovsky and then Arlovsky was able to get out and you saw Tuburo's life go uh-oh there's yeah. 30 seconds left in this or maybe 20 seconds left in this round I'm gonna die of exhaustion while Arlovsky is just pounding away and hitting him with hooks and putting him up against the cage and I'm like oh is he gonna do it before the bell before the bell before the bell and then ding or the horn goes off and I'm like, dude, you're lucky. You're so lucky. Yeah, this was a, a 
this may have been a best case scenario in loss to Andre Arlovsky because he's lost five in a row. That's a bummer. That is a bummer. Uh, but whoever he takes his services to now will be able to say he doesn't necessarily have a glass jaw because he took a lot of punishment from Tibura, and he's going to get an offer, whether it's from Bellator, whether it's from Ryzen, whether it's from one. I'm, I'm sure they would like to have him back. Maybe they can run a seventh, 10 Sylvia fight or something like that. <laughs> but uh, Tybura is one of those emerging names. We'll talk about Walt Harris in a bit, but one, four, five, one, three in a row. I've got a feature coming out. I was going to release it this week. I'm going to release it next week now. But uh, there are some emerging names at heavyweight. And Tybura is 31. Crazy to say only 31, but this is the heavyweight division. So he's got a good five, six years to really – of prime there, maybe, if he can avoid getting KTFO'd. Yeah, guys, thank you very much if you're on the live chat. For everyone who's tuned in right now, listening in, it's going to be an abbreviated uh, podcast. Uh, we'll probably go to about 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, so we have 11 minutes to go. Um, I want to get to Walt Harris, like you said, in a moment, but we'll finalize the main card right now. Uh, Colby Covington, ha- or Chaos slash The Heel, uh, goes off in his post-fight interview, takes out Dun Young Kim, uh, 30-25, 30-26, 30-27. Uh, a pretty damn good performance. People said it was boring. It wasn't boring, man. This is methodical. This is how the guy fights. Uh, he's not ready for a title shot. It's a very deep division. Uh, but him and uh, Masvidal, two against the world, I love that angle, man. These two guys are causing strife. And he, and he, says, he says that he would break his teammate, Tyron Woodley, in half, which I think is... Cool. Super cool. Welterweight is another division where that that 10 to 15 is just bubbling, Joe. Safadine's oh, yeah. about to about to get the hell out of there. He's gone. Uh, Matt Brown probably get bounced from the top 15. Colby Covington will be in there. But you got a Leon Edwards. You have a Ponzinibbio. You have a Kamaru Usman. You got some names there that are about to emerge that are like you look at and you're like, yeah, that's 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 not too bad. You see it at, at lightweight, you see it at welterweight, you see it at heavyweight. You see it to a much lesser and scarier like as worrying about the future degree at light heavyweight cuz a lot of these guys you don't know. But what a win. I didn't think that that could be done to Dong Hyun Kim. I really didn't think that he could be he could just be drowned in the manner that he was. He was dominated. He was dominated. Uh, again, this could be an age thing. Uh, you know, he's, he's mm-hmm. mileage. He's, he's, he's done his time. He's done a fantastic job competing uh, in the UFC. But, you know, these guys well, that come up. Yeah, going in this fight, Kim had won like seven of eight, won three in a row. So they're going to keep him around for these shows. You know what I mean? They're going to keep him around to throw on the Singapore show, <laughs> to throw on the J- Japan show, stuff like that. But as I had mentioned like a lot of these fights look like they were constructed to get somebody a win. On the prelims, those all backfired. <laughs> Justin Scoggins lost oh. after he after he dominated. Oh. Like at this point, I'm sitting there wondering if he's a bust or not because he looked so good before that, and this happens all the time. Win two, lose two. Win two, lose two. Then You're bang on with that, Sean. I think you're bang on with that because I'm sitting there watching this fight, and I'm like, dude, are you a bust? 
You're right. He's, and he's 25. He just turned 25. This is the time. That 25 to 28 years old thing is when you see guys. That's what I think is the true prime of MMA. Probably about 25 to 29. It seems according to be. That's to, uh, guys- according to Fightnomics, it, 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 I think it's 25, 26 to 32. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you got Takanori Gomi. That wasn't a win for anybody. He was just on the show. He's gone. See ya. You're heading to Ryzen, buddy. Uh, Quack got uh, quacked in half. By Russell he got his Doan. face quacked by Russell Doan. So <laughs> they get to keep Russell Doan. Maybe maybe he gets to be on a, a hypothetical Hawaii card or anywhere close to where they can get. That was a big win for him because if he doesn't win, he's out. Uh, Kim lost to, to Pudilova. Sorry, you're out too. Uh, really, it, it seems like a, a couple of them worked, like that Lee fight against Camacho. God, that was a good one. That was a good and scrap. And in Hawaii, defeated uh, De Thomas. That was that was you know that wasn't good, but he won. So I mean, there were a lot of these fights that looked like they were trying to get people wins really backfired. But I thought that one of the highlights of that prelim show, there were a couple really, Joe. There are times, this first round reminds me of all those times I looked at Alex Caceres and said, wow, he can do some special things. Then he faded so much in that second round. He was bailed out a bit by that doctor stoppage. Not that I thought he was going to lose, but he looked so special in that first round. And then you have Walt Harris where it's funny because he's a heavyweight. and He's a giant dude in this division. When he played basketball, he was like a small forward or a shooting guard or something. Like he wasn't like a power forward or a center, I couldn't imagine. He's 6'5". Uh, but that's a guy to look out for. A guy who didn't look like he was going to accomplish anything in the UFC. Lost his first two UFC fights, Joe. Got cut, came back, lost another one. And now he's reeled off three out of four. Uh, man, he showed, was- up, he showed up in this fight. Pissed off, man. Those elbows were not nice. Holy smokes, I know. man. He was ruthless uh, the way he competed against Asker. So good for him. Um, I, I like Walt Harris, man. It seems like a good dude. Uh, but just he went into this fight. And I like it sometimes, Sean. I really do. I like it when guys or girls show up in some of these fights pissed off. Pissed off at the world. Pissed off at themselves. Pissed off that, you know, like Holly Holmes says that she, she did this for her corners. You know, they deserve the victory. Uh, you know, when I look bad, they look bad. When I look good, they look good. And, and Walt Harris went in there and was just like, I was like, okay, whoa, these, uh, those I are like hurting. Harris a lot. I do. Uh, determination. There, how many heavyweights have we seen, Joe, that show up, get beat a couple times in the UFC, and they never fight again? Like <laughs> Dirk, <how> Lewis. Many- <laughs> Dirk Lewis. Dirk Lewis. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, that too. That Sorry. too. Uh, what about Tough 10? How many of those guys made it onto that show? How and they didn't they don't run heavyweight tough because they have a, a hard enough time getting heavyweights as it is. And how many of those guys Marcus Jones, uh oh, bye, bye, see ya, I'm done. Uh Wes Shivers, well, after the performance he had, I don't blame him. But there were so many guys that were just like, Yeah, I'm don't want to fight anymore, don't want to fight anymore. Sorry. Yeah, Ole Sammy Ole is calling me a heel. Dude, you know what? Ole, come on. You know my thoughts on Derek uh, <laughs> Lewis. Doesn't, anyway, sorry, Sean, go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, there were so many of those guys that just, ugh. Also, as I, as I look back at these teams, 
man, Rashad Evans picked way better than Rampage. Rampage picked Kimbo, Abe Wagner, D'Amico Rogers, Wes Sims, Scott Junk, Wes Shivers, Marcus Jones, and Zach Jensen. Now, if we're talking about just a pure success in life thing, Rashad did better. Because Justin Wren, still fighting in Bellator, may end up being Bellator heavyweight champion. John Madsen probably shouldn't have been cut from the UFC. Roy Nelson finds a way to, to, to fleece money out of people. Matt Mitrione's about to fight Fedor in NYC. Old Titty Schnoover is still fighting. Brendan Schaub is maybe the biggest success story of this entire show outside of Kimbo. And James McSweeney always finds a way to just hang around. But yeah, heavyweight, I think that's a real testament to what a lot of people are given at heavyweight. Walt Harris was given an opportunity really early in his career. Sorry I went off on that tangent, guy, guys. <laughs> but he was given a really good chance early in his career, like seven fights in, and he failed. And he didn't give up, and he came back, and now he's a guy that could probably be a top 10, top 15 heavyweight in the UFC. Pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, just to wrap this up here, my three stars are uh, Holly Holm, Mark Goddard. Uh, I might say it's a toss-up between Colby Covington going full heel or Walt Harris with those elbows. What about you? Uh, if I were to pick a third, mm, I got to say Sasaki for pulling off that yeah, that upset come from behind. Yeah, because he's another guy that probably was going to get cut or maybe close to it if he didn't win. And not only did he win, he beat Justin Scoggins, and he got extra, an extra 50K. Maybe we should yeah. also come up with a three – I guess we're not going to call it the – we could call it the busts or the three – what the – WTS yeah. Scoggins, that ref in the Dos Anjos uh, fight. Uh, and I guess one more. Um, oh, by the way, we well, we have a couple of minutes. Chris Van Heerden or Von Heerden, whatever, released that video of him boxing Conor McGregor because he was trying to keep himself relevant and says, ah, he won't be able to touch Mayweather. Now, that may be the case, but Brendan Schaub hopped over on Instagram and he shut that shit down. He was like, listen, I train with Chris. They were supposed to just be in there doing movement drills. And uh, messing around a little bit. And he was like, cool. I was at the gym. I Not was cool. told about it. So, man, the boy got exposed. And Brendan Schaub is like one of those guys who, who since that Joe Rogan talk, where Joe Rogan was like, I think you'd be surprised. His bullshit detector is like off the charts. He's one of those guys that just doesn't allow such things to just be said because he has no... He he's like you know he doesn't have anything to lose at this point. He's a self-made man, so yeah. And he's he's dropping a one hundred thousand dollar bet that Conor McGregor will win rounds. I don't know about that one though. Will win rounds? Yeah. Hmm. I do want to say one thing though, real quick. Sorry to go off topic there. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes yes. uh, apparently is awake and responsive. If you didn't know, uh, there was a, a situation with his truck and a moving train. He was airlifted to hospital. Uh, we got wind or word, excuse me, just before the show started uh, that Matt is awake and responsive. So kudos to Hughes. Uh, yeah. Anything else, Sean? Uh, that's it, guys. Join us on Tuesday for the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. I'll have the audio of my interview with uh, Mike Chandler, who fights next weekend at Bellator. 
Uh, we're going to preview Bellator NYC. We're going to preview UFC Oklahoma City. Programming note, next Sunday we're coming at you with the post-fight show. Uh, we didn't want to do one right after Bellator and right after UFC. We're going to bring you an all-encompassing post-Bellator, post-UFC show Sunday night. I can't wait, Joe. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going That, that show is going to be sick. Sunday night, it's a school night. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Put my son to bed and we'll talk some MMA, a uh, full weekend of exceptional mixed martial arts. And don't forget, guys, this Tuesday, Sean and I, once again, Holy Smokes podcast uh, should be fun. Uh, I have one of two guests lined up. Uh, I'm actually waiting for them to reply probably around three o'clock Eastern. Uh, both are very impressive. My worst fear, or it could be good. They both okay. say yes, but I'd like to alternate them. Um, they've committed to joining us uh, every so often. We're going to have a nice little full rotation. Uh, That's awesome. Really good I guests that are hey, going to be coming fight- on. So, Sorry to interrupt. Fightfulpods.com has launched. It's a one-stop shop for all of our podcasts, including tonight's post-Kovalev uh, versus Ward show, which we have live coverage of. Steve Muehlhaus and Carlos Toro bringing you uh, – the Fightful Boxing Podcast tonight after Ward Kovalev. And, of course, tomorrow after Money in the Bank, I got you covered, too. But yeah, FightfulPods.com. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Share it, ladies and gentlemen. Share it with your peeps. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in uh, live, especially on the live chat. Thank you to everyone on Stitcher and iTunes uh, that are listening to this uh, a little later after we are live. But we do want to thank you. Don't forget, Tuesday, once again, Holy Smokes Podcast, yours truly, at Showdown Joe on social media, at Sean Ross Sapp on social media, at Fightful, uh, and as well as at Fightful MMA. We thank you very much for joining. This guy is about to head across the city Sean Ross out to take care of some business. What's your rest of your Saturday looking like? Going to a wedding. Sean Ross out goes to weddings and he doesn't drink, ladies and gentlemen. So I don't know how much fun he is. You bringing right. a cat with you? Am I bringing a cat with me? Kelly how Mold. many cats am I bringing with me is the question. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, we thank you for always enjoying us creating absolute we're, we're debacle we're just we make a mockery of intelligence and we'll do we'll continue that on tuesday <laughs> 3 p.m eastern holy smokes podcast guys girls thank you very much for tuning in until then ciao for now when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.